Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we're doing things a little bit differently for Virtual Legality 170. If you haven't been following the channel, we actually put up a fully edited, vetted, researched Virtual Legality episode number 169 about preferential voting and its impact on the Academy Awards and new Best Picture winner Parasite, as well as how the Iowa caucuses operate and Mayor Pete. Uh, and so if you're interested in those kinds of topics, it's a little bit different for what we generally do in virtual legality, but I had a lot of fun talking about it. And I come from a background of looking at public choice theory and economics and political strategy. Please do check out that video. But because there was big news that was announced today, and I was talking with some people online and on social media, and I wanted to test exactly how fast I could react to something with a live feed during my workday, uh, when I have to work this in between a couple conference calls and a couple other things I have to do in my day job as a corporate lawyer, I thought I would give it a run to see exactly what we could put together for a official Virtual Legality 170. So what you see on your screen right now is the article and concept that I want to talk to you about today in episode 170. And that's the fact that BioWare has officially now committed to essentially raising Anthem to the ground and rebuilding it as something better. Now, if you're familiar with the video game industry and these kinds of products, you know that that has happened before. It's a little bit unusual, and it's even more unusual still to have that actual process succeed to wind up with something that is even better and isn't just an expenditure of resources. But we do have examples of things that have succeeded in this. Most specifically, Final Fantasy XIV with Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Reborn was brought back as something that is now one of the most popular MMO role-playing games in the world. And that came out of almost nothing. Uh, it came out of something that everybody, to a man and woman, agreed was something that wasn't up to Square's standards, wasn't up to the standards set by Final Fantasy XI. And I think, if we're all honest with ourselves, when Anthem was released, I believe it was last February, so we're right up on the, the first anniversary of the launch, that even playing it and seeing some of the good things that were there, some of the kernels of the old Bioware that were in this game and this game design, it didn't live up to everything that everyone wanted it to be. So what we've got in this situation is a game where Bioware has been dealing with the issue for a year that people just don't like it as much as they should, and the core of the game isn't as good as it should be. And ultimately, some of that rests on Bioware as a company just because they haven't done something like this before. You know, Bioware came to prominence, became famous, became popular, through its single-player role-playing games, and they became known for that narrative design, that writing, that world-building, and Anthem presented them with a particular problem, how to world-build in a world that is always going to be co-op, and I don't think that they solved it. So their core gameplay loop had an issue. It had an issue where if you wanted to go really dive into the lore-building, your co-op buddies and partners were essentially wound up waiting for you to listen to all these conversations, read all these bits of lore, and it never quite melded the way they wanted it to meld. That combined, combined with certain technical deficiencies and issues that really were all around uh, the, the Anthem project ultimately resulted in poor to middling grades, people kind of bouncing out of it, low concurrent users as far as anybody knows, and Bioware having to take a step back from what was their original plans of kind of expansion packs and then seasonal upgrades to finally wind up where we are. So I've pulled up this Polygon article primarily just to give you kind of the overall concept. Bioware is officially redesigning Anthem. The game seasons will be put on hold so the developer can work on the larger update. I pulled up Polygon really just 
out of the list here, you can see that there are just a bunch of these that have gone up in the last couple hours after Bioware made this statement. However, as you know, if you follow virtual legality, if you are a regular here, we like to go to the source material. We like to look at what the messaging says about what's happening now from the company itself and to talk about it a little bit with you. So we've also got the actual Anthem update. This is from Casey Hudson, Bioware general manager, dated today. You see these nice pictures of Bioware. And we're going to look at this line by line. And hopefully we can add a little bit of color and commentary to what Bioware has said, where they've been, what they've gone through to get there, and maybe hopefully dissuade a little bit of the hyperbole that maybe you're seeing on the internet as well as I am on my, my Twitter timeline or elsewhere in my social media feeds. So let's dive in. They say, one year ago, we were preparing to launch Anthem a game that represented a big leap into new territory for us as a studio. As we said, 100% true. This was something completely different, more akin to Destiny, a, a somewhat live services oriented, always living game that was designed to have continuing stories, but not so close to Destiny that they could just copy bits and pieces from it. So it was different enough that they had to go through all of that trial and tribulation to actually design the thing, but similar enough that they had a hard time getting out from under the shadow of this is Bioware or Electronic Arts's Destiny. It was an exhilarating and terrifying experience to go out to the world with something new and different. And we are grateful to all the players who have come along with us on the journey. It has been a thrill for us to see the creativity of our players in designing customized javelins and watching them master anthems flying and fighting gameplay. In other words, you start the message as you would expect with the positives, right? We put out a game last year, and that's not nothing. I, I've talked to you in the past in Virtual Gaddy about the fact that my brother and I have put out games that have been somewhat well received in terms of critics' reviews, but didn't sell very many copies. That doesn't change the fact that we're very proud of releasing them. And you might, if you're out there, look at this and say, well, Electronic Arts is huge. Bioware has been around forever. How much pride and, and usefulness is there for a multi-million dollar international company to actually release this product? And I would have to say that the answer is that there, there is that pride, that this is something to be celebrated, that you actually got something from the, the, the pages on the back of a notebook or a cocktail napkin all the way through coding and out the door in some fashion. Doesn't mean you have to be thrilled with the product. Doesn't mean it deserves anything more than the three out of 10 that you might've given it. But there is something to be said for actually realizing the entire project to fruition and getting something out the door. So we don't begrudge them that. And we don't begrudge them that pride. It's good to have something come out the door. Frankly, it's good for Bioware to be trying something new. You don't want to solely be invested in single-player role-playing games. You want to have a broad portfolio, just like you want to have a broad portfolio of stock investments or, or what's fueling your 401k or what have you. So we don't begrudge them any of that, but we know, hey, you started off your message with a positive. You're probably going to hit us with something a little bit more. We know that you're redesigning the thing from the article we just read, so let's press on. I am so proud of the work the team has put into this game and at the same time, there's so much more that we and you would have wanted from it. Okay, there's the crux of that paragraph, right? Here are these positives. People have had fun with Anthem. Heck, I've had fun with Anthem in, sh in short spurts for an hour or two at a time. People have had that fun with the game, but we understand this is not what we thought it would be. When we launched it at E3 and we showed you the Iron Man flying around and fighting all these alien monsters and having all this... E3-type dialogue between people talking to each other. It was a burst of imagination. Everybody was excited about it. It was very, very popular when it was first kind of launched and shown. And 
Bioware didn't get it out the door in the shape they wanted to have it get out the door, and we didn't get it the way we wanted when it was shipped out the door. I love Bioware. I've loved a lot of their games for a long time. I wanted them to succeed. Frankly, I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that everything that we've heard from kind of behind the scenes from Jason Schreier at Kotaku and elsewhere suggests that they are all in on this Anthem project. And if they don't find some success with it, that could be a significant issue for the studio. Not necessarily going away forever or anything like that, but a significant issue, perhaps significant downsizing, certainly a reimagining for what Bioware wants to be aimed at if Anthem can't at one point become a success. So they're all in on this. To some extent, Electronic Arts is all in on this. And so I think they're legitimate in this messaging in the first paragraph. People have been happy with it. A lot of people are happy with a whole bunch of games that don't live up to their expectations. We don't think this game lived up to its expectations. And we want to get it there for you. We have a great deal of pride in our brand. And that's one thing I want to talk about before we press on to the second paragraph. Branding right? We talk a lot in virtual legality about goodwill, about how you feel about a company. Electronic Arts is known for winning that worst company in the America award like a number of times in a row, right? Right when SimCity came out and was always online and all these issues popped up. I think it was no swimming pools in Sims, things along those lines. EA won that award. And while it doesn't really bother them necessarily. This isn't something that they think about and brood over while sipping brandy and looking out at the Manhattan skyline. That's not what happens here. It is the case that these companies don't want that negative goodwill, don't want that negative branding for their brand because that's the value that they have in it, right? They're not going to sell Bioware tomorrow. But if they did, part of what they would be selling it for would be people's goodwill towards the Bioware name. And if you release something like Anthem, which is widely derided, which a lot of people like myself were unhappy with having purchased and having played, if you release it and you let it die, yes, that might save you some money in the short term. You wouldn't be spending that money trying to save it this last year. You wouldn't be spending money trying to save it in this coming year or maybe more than just this coming year. However, you would be hurting the value of the Bioware brand and you would expect that loss in value to be realized on game X, Y, and Z that Bioware tries to sell to the public following the Anthem launch. So this is good. This is a good thing that Electronic Arts is putting in the resources. This is a good thing that Bioware is trying to save this this brand, this, this brand both of itself and of the Anthem name. But it's not just altruism. It's because they want you to believe in them, very similar to what happened with No Man's Sky. Right? When No Man's Sky released, it was well thought of as not matching the advertising that had been put out there uh, by Sony, uh, by uh, the, the, the folks that made No Man's Sky. And as it turned out, that was warranted when it released, but they spent now, I think, years essentially fixing it up to a place where the developers were happy with it, where they were happy with what went out the door and really updating the whole thing for free. And you say, why do they do that? It's so that we feel like we feel about them now, which is, oh, these are good folks that got a bad door, uh, got a bad game or a game that didn't meet our expectations out the door on day one, maybe because they had to, maybe because they were silly and they shouldn't have taken that step, but they worked very hard to correct it over the last couple of years. And I think that's what Bioware now is firmly aimed at, is winning you back by working on this thing for you so that you feel good about Anthem 
And everybody loves an underdog story. Everybody loves to have something come out of nothing. I think the the Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn story is something that's enjoyed by a lot of people on the internet, not just people that play Final Fantasy XIV. I've played a bunch of it, but I haven't played it in years. And I still kind of get a bit of goodwill from, yeah, you know, they took it down and they built it back up. They poured all those resources into it because Final Fantasy was a name that was very important to the Square Enix brand. Let's go to the second paragraph here. Over the last year, the team has worked hard to improve stability, performance, and general quality of life while delivering three seasons of new content and features. So the original plan with Anthem was apparently to have these kinds of seasons that came with new stuff, probably similar in spirit to the seasons you currently see working through Destiny 2, obviously not to the same breadth because they hadn't kind of figured out their pipeline. Frankly, they hadn't quite figured out exactly what their game was supposed to be. So I don't think it ever rose to the level of being as successful as what we are currently seeing with Destiny 2, although it's worth noting that Destiny 1 wasn't as successful as Destiny 2 has been in terms of getting those expansions and new ideas into the game. We have also heard your feedback that Anthem needs a more satisfying loot experience, better long-term progression, and a more fulfilling endgame. Yeah, I think that's right. If you go and you play Anthem right now, there's certain fun to be had with some of the quests. It's a little bit small and and the types of quests are a little bit samey. But at the end of the day, one of the main issues is you run out of reasons to play. Destiny 2, Fortnite, some of these successful live services games have this kind of continuing pull to do the next thing, whether that's to get Bright Dust in Destiny, to earn enough credits for whatever it is you're trying to get in the Battle Pass in Fortnite. All these various things have kind of solved a little bit of why are you playing this thing, which inherently is somewhat silly, right? It wasn't so long ago that we were playing video games just to have fun, just to play them and to enjoy ourselves. You didn't play GoldenEye on the N64 to try to earn anything. You played it because you were having fun with your buddies. But we're a little bit past that, and so many games have that incentive pull to them to some extent, and this is not right in my opinion, but it's true. To some extent, you wind up playing these games that don't have those incentive mechanisms and those pulls directly built in, and sometimes, especially when you're between games or matches or anything like that, you sit back and you say, why am I playing this? I could be playing Fortnite and getting that next rank in the battle pass, or I could be doing X or Y or Z, whatever it is that floats your particular boat. And so one of the issues that Anthem had is, one, the story wasn't really compelling enough. If the draw was Bioware's writing, it really didn't appear very well in Anthem. But two, once you finish that story especially, but even before that point, you're kind of saying, why why am I doing this? Why am I playing this? I should be doing something better with my time which reminds me of what my parents used to tell me when I was playing video games all the time, but that's neither here nor there. Continuing with their statement. So, we recognize that there's still more fundamental work to be done to bring out the full potential of the experience, and it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or an expansion. So, that's a long way of saying. That's a lot of words and a lot of letters to say, all right, we're going to burn this baby down. We've looked at it. And this thing needs to come down to the foundations and be built back up. And I think at some level, you have to give them credit for that. That's not a decision that can be taken lightly. And it's a decision that I think if you're a fan of Bioware or you're a fan even of Anthem, that you have to say, okay, I think that makes sense. You don't have the audience that you wanted to have for this. And even if I like it as it currently stands right now, it's clearly not going to support your company if you don't do anything to save it. 
So I think even if you like it as it currently sits, you'll basically have to be on board for a project like this because otherwise it's going under. You're going to get the message from Polygon or Kotaku or wherever that EA is going to pull the servers down. And yes, that can be a conversation I have with Ross Scott about not archiving games properly and the problem with live services and gas games as a service in general for another time. But I think we have to stand by a decision like this. Doesn't mean it's going to turn out well. Doesn't mean Anthem 2.0 is going to be better than Anthem 1.0, but it means there's a chance, right? And I think we have to stand by that chance. Over the coming months, we will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards while preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting. This is a great sentence. Uh, you know, I've commented before on Bioware statements. I've commented on a lot of messaging from a lot of corporations, and with some rare exception, I quite like Nintendo's statement about Metroid Prime 4 getting delayed. But with some rare exception, most of the time I'm commenting on the messaging and seeing how it's failing meeting the audience where it lives, that it's trying to communicate something and it's failing at it. This is a great sentence. Look at what it says. It says, over the coming months, this is going to be a long-term project. That's where it starts. We will be focusing on a longer-term redesign of the experience. As the previous sentence said, we are burning this thing to the ground. Specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop. Now, that sounds dangerous, right? Especially if you are currently involved and like Anthem. One of the things that Bioware has to do with this statement is not alienate those folks that have stood by it so far, that have liked the product that they have put out there, that have liked the service, and generally liked the game. They're the ones that are still playing. You can't alienate your diehards. So they say, we're going to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Those are all positive statements that don't necessarily touch on what your diehards might otherwise like about your game. Nobody can, nobody can be upset with clear goals. More motivation to the challenges can only be helpful. And meaningful rewards are exactly what I have heard on my social media and online with respect to Anthem as being a significant problem for a long, long time now that you don't have that end game pull, you don't have that good loot, you can only get so excited about increasing a percentage by a tenth of a percent, and so meaningful rewards sit right there and make you happy. But where this sentence really works as, as a part of messaging is in the second half here. While preserving the fun of flying and fighting in a vast science fantasy setting, we're gonna change all this stuff. We're burning this thing to the ground, but our eyes are firmly on maintaining what you all like about it, which is what we showed at that original E3 press conference, which is flying around like Iron Man. We are not going to ditch that. We are not going to lose that. Don't be worried about that. We are just going to make the game around it better, which I think is what everybody wanted. I think the reason everybody was excited when you had that Anthem presentation at E3 was because we could imagine a good gameplay loop around that presentation, and it just didn't come out of the process. And so I think that sentence in particular is the kind of thing that people that like Anthem, like the concept of Anthem as it was originally presented, have to be able to stand behind. I know I am, and I don't necessarily trust Bioware to get this done after the last few things that they've released, but their mind seems in the right place. And that's step one. If this messaging came out and was aimed over here where it couldn't really save this thing, that's a problem. They are saying the right things, and that's not everything. That's not even a lot, but it's certainly not nothing, and I think we have to give them credit for saying those things. To do that properly, 
we'll be doing something we'd like to have done more of the first time around, giving a focused team the time to test and iterate, focusing on gameplay first. Now that's pretty much as close as you will hear to a major corporation coming out and saying, hey, you know what? We didn't go through the proper procedure the first time. We're thankful for your money. Anthem did not sell nothing last year. It did all right. We're thankful for you supporting us. We're thankful for your money, but we got to be honest. We didn't test this thing the right way the first time. We were coming in hot, and when we released, it wasn't really anything we were proud of necessarily. And we're going to do it better this time because we can do it behind the scenes because we have a scrim up. We have a fake building up. We have a Hollywood set up of Anthem. This is an Anthem set that you guys can play around in. It's not what we hope the game to be. And so we're going to, on a test server somewhere that we're not going to tell you about, we're going to test all this stuff. We're going to figure out a new way to use these assets and components to make a game that you and we can be proud of. And that's exactly what you want to hear from something like this. In the meantime, we will continue to run the current version of Anthem but move away from full seasons as the team works towards the future of Anthem. We'll keep the game going with events, store refreshes, and revisiting past seasonal and cataclysm content, starting with our anniversary towards the end of the month. So that's trying to be positive. We get a little spin, spin doctoring here, right? But this is the best way to read this paragraph is we are freezing the current Anthem. We are, we are not going to do much of anything directly aimed at the current version of Anthem. You see a very prominent use of the word past here, past seasonal and cataclysm content. And it's one that could maybe be read as referring also to events and store refreshes to the extent they haven't already be, been designed. And that makes sense. You don't know what work and what resources you are going to put into the current version of Anthem if you are Bioware if the new version of Anthem is not going to even use the storefronts or even look the same or have the same kind of hooks. So you don't want to devote those resources there. You want all hands on deck to saving this thing. You're going to do it behind the scenes. And the best way for current players to think about current Anthem is that it is essentially fake. Now, it is Final Fantasy 14 1.0. Hey, if Anthem ends the original Anthem with some kind of meteor in the sky and actually has a shutdown event, I think that would be grand. I think that would be awesome, and I'm all for it. Uh, if you're not familiar, Final Fantasy XIV went out with grand style before becoming a Realm Reborn, I think a month after the, the, the meteor took out the, took out the landscape. Uh, but if you have any comments, you can leave them to the video. Uh, and, and let me know how wrong I am on that particular timeline. Uh, it is one of my favorite intro videos of Realm Reborn because of everything that happened at the end of the original version of Final Fantasy XIV, which I didn't get a chance to play. Creating new worlds is central to our studio mission, but it's not easy. Again, making games is hard, and we know that. You don't necessarily need to say it in a message like this, uh, but it's worth repeating, I think, to say, hey, you know, we admitted above that we probably didn't test this thing enough. Obviously, we're not going to stand back and tell you that Anthem 1.0 was great. I think everybody knows that it's not. We're not going to also have in this message that it's just terrible, because there's a lot of people that actually enjoy it. But it's not what we wanted, and it's not easy to make games. Sometimes we get it right, sometimes we miss. What keeps us going is the support from players like you. Thank you, fans, because for the most part, if you're interested in Anthem and you clicked on the Polygon article or the Newsweek article, or you're reading this statement, or you're watching virtual legality to talk about Bioware and Anthem, then you're a fan of either Bioware or Anthem. And so this is worthwhile to say in the statement, to say, hey, 
We wouldn't be here if you didn't buy the game, if you didn't support us, if you weren't on our asses on Reddit and things like that. Your feedback gives us guidance on how we can improve, and your passion inspires us with the courage to create. This is all, you know, word salad, but it's useful. It's positive sounding. I look forward to working together with your involvement and feedback towards the best possible future for Anthem. Now, as I said, looking at this entire statement, I think it's easy to look at something like this and say, wow, that is one, a lot of words to say, we're tearing this thing down, but two, to be cynical about it, to be cynical about the fact that Bioware released Anthem last year in a state that apparently even they weren't happy with. And to be cynical about the fact that if a company is willing to do that, how willing are they to devote the resources to actually fix the problem after the fact, after they've got most of the money they are likely to receive from you? We talked earlier in the video about the the value of brand goodwill, and I think that's an important motivating characteristic of what BioWare is talking about here. But if you're cynical about this, I don't really blame you. Anthem was not released in any state that anybody could be proud of. I was surprised at how lackluster it was when it released from a studio like BioWare. So if you want to be cynical, go right ahead. I like to be optimistic, as you probably know, if you follow virtual legality with any regularity. So I'm going to take this and say, hey, at least they appear to be aimed at the right thing. And if they are aimed at the right thing, I think that is a useful thing to laud. Not to just kind of blindly follow and agree with and say, yay, BioWare's back or anything like that, but to say, okay, BioWare, you can get back in our good graces. You can get that goodwill. You can have that brand value restored if you do this kind of thing. To not just blindly say, hello, games and No Man's Sky is the worst, but to actually follow what it is that they are doing while still maintaining in the back of your head that they got it wrong the first time. And that you might have to have a little bit of a show me kind of concept or prove it to me as a stance. That's also fine. But I look at this and say, if you're going to make this statement, if you're going to make this decision in your Bioware in 2020, after you released in 2019, I look at something like this and say, don't think it could have been done better. And because of that, I think that it's something that we can be fans of and that we can appreciate uh, without necessarily kind of attacking each other online and seeing some of the stuff I've seen on the internet. So Bioware deserves some of your vitriol for what they released with Anthem, some of the problems they had with Mass Effect Andromeda. But I would give them credit for a statement like this and for a decision like this. Who knows? Maybe Anthem will be as good as A Realm Reborn. Maybe it will be as good as Destiny 2 now, a little bit away out of the gate with some new, with some new choices made by the design team and, and certainly with Bungie outside of Activision. Maybe it can be the next big success story. Hey, maybe there are other games that can do that too. That's the other kind of concept of this whole story is in general, we want games to be fixed. We don't want Bethesda to release Fallout 76 in the state that they released it in, but we do want them to fix it. We do want them to devote those resources to it. And I think the more that these companies can see that people do respond to those kinds of things, that they respond to those fixes and to those attempts to make things right, the more often they are going to be inclined to do that. Uh, And so... If you're interested in this, we have talked about Anthem a lot in virtual legality. I pulled up just the last video from April of last year, Lost Without a Map, Anthem and Deceptive Advertisement, where we talked about the potential for a false advertising claim with how they presented the maelstroms in their ads and how they actually wound up being. We have talks about Jason Schreier's articles on Anthem and how he's been leaking stuff about the tumult at Bioware. And so I think I looked at this before I started this video. We actually have like five or six uh, Anthem videos. If you're interested in these kinds of topics, I highly recommend checking them out. 
Otherwise, this has been virtual legality for today. Uh, that's the wrong page. Don't look at any of that. <laughs> Uh, we, this has been virtual legality for today. Uh, if you like this, please like, please subscribe. I have a feeling that most of the people that are in here on the impromptu live virtual legality right now uh, are already subscribers to virtual legality. So I very much appreciate that. Uh, and I uh, very much appreciate you sharing it around uh, because this is the kind of thing uh, that is a labor of love uh, to some extent. YouTube has recently been demonetizing most of my videos with no given reason, uh, just saying that they aren't advertiser friendly, uh, despite the fact that we don't swear and we talk about pretty nominal things here in virtual legality. And that's been that's been somewhat upsetting and certainly for the fact that uh, it becomes a problem for people seeing it and for the YouTube algorithm to, to pick it up. Uh, and so if you could share it around, comment, do all those kinds of things, I certainly very much appreciate it. Uh, and I am looking to grow. Now, before I go, because this is virtual legality live, if you're not interested in anything else, and you were just listening to this on uh, podcast or watching on YouTube, please feel free to turn it off right now. I'm going to look at some of these live comments uh, because we are live and we've got the opportunity to do so. So we can take a look at this. Uh, let's see. Hey, Hogue, what do you call your fans? Are we Hogers, Hoganisms, what? This is a question that has never been posed to me. I will have to think about it. I, I'm not really familiar with, with having fans. Uh, Hogue fans seems like it probably works uh, well enough, but I appreciate it. And if you can come up with something better, I, I trust the internet uh, and mob rule uh, to come out with uh, something that is that is more popular. And, and then, yeah, Stabian Newell comments that that YouTube didn't like us didn't like us here in virtual legality calling out their terms of service. You know, that was one that they limited the advertising capacity for, and I was okay with. It was like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm using the YouTube platform to kind of yell at YouTube and their use of DMCA and terms and things like that. So that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. But like uh, the Corona video where we talked about the potential delay for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X had a lack of advertising uh, suitability attached to it. I asked for a manual review. They said, we looked at it and yep, it's not suitable for advertisers. So maybe if you just say coronavirus, YouTube is squashing all the ads. I don't know, uh, but it's, uh, it's pretty interesting because I didn't view it as a potentially a problem. What else do we have in here? Final Fantasy XIV was down for around six months between 1.0 and A Realm Reborn. Thank you, Gabriel Grunberg. I appreciate that. For some reason, I thought it was a shorter amount of time. But again, I didn't pop in until A Realm Reborn hit, I want to say the PlayStation 3. Uh, that might that might be right. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I popped in for that when it launched on consoles. Uh, and at that point in time, it was already past 1.0. So it was a little longer than a month, but still pretty quick in the grand scheme of things. And, and so it doesn't surprise me if Anthem is trying to, and Bioware and their messaging is trying to establish, it's going to be a while. We're going to take a while. It's going to be behind the scenes. And then we'll come back to you. Bigger, brighter, and more wonderful than you could have ever imagined. Uh, let's see here. All the hardware in the world can't help with forming ideas. Absolutely true. Uh, some choices about potential engines here. Uh, somebody saying making games isn't hard. I can only tell you my experience and that making games was hard for, for us over at formerly named Bite Size Games. Who do you think would be a good choice to pull Anthem out of the gutter from James Thomas? I, I have to say, I think they're probably going to go with what they've got. So I think Casey Hudson's going to be general manager. It would surprise me if they have somebody with a strong will come in and try to save it uh, on a different tack. But if it does happen, we'll probably cover it in virtual legality. You saw that uh, Blizzard recently got Rod Ferguson from the coalition to come over, uh, who had been doing Gears for a long time. And so that's a strong will. 
that's now going to be running their Diablo franchise, which speaks to me of a major change in the mindset over there. So that kind of thing can happen. Uh, but overall, I think Bioware is likely to be reflecting on what happened and like a lot of things where you've got a second iteration, when we talk about things like Assassin's Creed 2 and other major successes that happen with their sequels, you know, if Anthem 2.0 just winds up being essentially Anthem 2 and they can take everything that they learned from their prior project, apply it to the new version of the game, I think they could be very successful. Bioware has that history of success. They don't have everybody that kind of launched with that history. A lot of the people have moved on, but I do kind of hold out hope that they can be successful with a game like Anthem. And I do think they have a lot invested in trying to get it across the finish line. So I suspect they'll keep it in-house um, and that may work out for them. That may not. If you wind up seeing a big, strong move over to Bioware, it's probably because they feel like they need that kind of outside set of eyes. Sometimes that can be useful, of course, but I don't know that they're necessarily aimed at that. It seems like this message time would have been the time to announce something like that if they had somebody that they wanted to bring in, right? We didn't know about it. Technically, Schreier and Kotaku had kind of leaked some of this stuff, so we knew about it a couple months ago that this was likely to be the plan. But if they were going to bring in somebody new to kind of take over the Bioware process, I think that would have been a part of this message, that you put that all together. If I'm a crisis communications firm or if I'm running their public relations, then that's what I would be telling them. I'd be saying, hey, wait till you have this big news item to kind of announce, preferably somebody that everybody already likes, and you can put them in charge of the project and kind of get that goodwill back just with that announcement. And that didn't happen here. There's nothing wrong with that, but it does suggest to me that it's unlikely to happen as part of this project, that probably they didn't announce it, much like you don't necessarily announce uh, that your wife is pregnant until you're pretty sure that everything's going to go okay. Uh, you don't announce that this kind of thing is happening until you've pretty much got your framework down for what this is going to look like, what your time frame is. It doesn't have to be all ironclad. It doesn't have to be done. It's not that kind of thing. But you basically know you're going to do this, A, and you know roughly what you are planning to do with B. And so I think that's probably what happened here. But I appreciate the question. Uh, and, and certainly if I did have better info on that, I would share it with you. Uh, other than that, let's see. Last question, will Anthem be removed from people's library of games? If so, would there be legal ramifications? Wow, that's a, that's a big question. No, I don't think it's going to be removed from people's library of games. It's all been discussed as essentially an Anthem 2.0, not an Anthem 2. And uh, they probably do have the right to end the license on their terms with respect to people's libraries. But one of the things I would ask people to take from virtual legality, if they haven't taken it away from this series before is that you can write a lot of stuff in your contracts. And in fact, you do, because you want to be protected in any event that could possibly come up. But you write that stuff to have that protection. You don't write it to use it. You write it to have leverage. Because frankly, in the real world, if a company like BioWare was trying to go get this goodwill back, was trying to go tell people that BioWare and Anthem were going to come back bigger and better and stronger than ever, but also we're going to take away your current game and please buy this new one from us again, that would eviscerate the entire purpose of this project. So they might have the right to end the license. I'm almost positive that they do, just without looking at their terms of service. But you don't exercise that right because to do so would essentially be corporate suicide. And that's a kind of thing that you can take away from uh, all these virtual legality episodes. When we talk about terms of service, we, we do a lot of things in virtual legality, in the practice of law that I generally refer to as parading the horribles past people, talking about the many, many ways that Term X 
or provision Y could potentially really, really make somebody's day bad if it were used against them. We talked about that with respect to the YouTube terms of service. But in the same breath, YouTube is running a company, BioWare is running a company, all these other companies that we look at their terms of service are running companies, and it is not in their best interest to go and make everybody mad. And so you wouldn't likely see something like that from BioWare, even if they had the right to do so, even if they thought they could make a short-term gain. So I can't make promises. Video games are weird. Media is weird. Companies are weird. Governance is weird. But for the most part, I can make an educated guess that it would surprise me a lot. Uh, It would surprise me, maybe the most surprised I've ever been talking about anything in this series or elsewhere in the world of video games or pop culture if that happened with respect to Bioware and Anthem. And so that really has been virtual legality for today. I very much appreciate everybody that popped in. That was very cool on such an impromptu notice. This will be archived and shown as virtual legality 170. So as I said earlier, before I did some of the Q&A, please do share it around. Tell people that we're talking about these things. We're trying to do a bit of a subscriber push so we can show YouTube we're real and they can stop demonetizing things and making my life miserable with their algorithm. So if you do share it around, please. Uh, Otherwise, put some likes on this video if you would. I see a couple concurrent viewers here. I would really appreciate that. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Thanks so much again.